Would you open your Bibles to John chapter 3? John chapter 3. Hallelujah. We're going to start reading at verse 5 through um, verse 8. And then we'll pick up. Um, no, let's start. Let's go from 5 through 13. How about that? 5 through 13. Is that all right? Okay. All right, if you have it, let's read together. Ready, read. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, We speak what we know, testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. All right, you may take your seats tonight. Father, we're so thankful that you've given us the opportunity tonight to spend this time in your word. I pray that, Father, each of us has hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts. I pray, Father, that you give me divine utterance tonight. I pray that you speak from heaven above that which needs to be spoken to your people. I pray, Father, that your anointing rests upon me and these lips of clay. And let me speak, Father, your word tonight without any hindrance, any distraction. And I pray, Father, that what your people receive, what we all receive together, will revolutionize our thinking, revolutionize our living, and cause us to live and soar to new heights in you. We thank you, Father, for this blessing of the word of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. We're talking tonight on Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. This is part five of Born of the Spirit. We're, again, in the midst of a series uh, unhooking from the natural. And what God's doing, God is unveiling kingdom mysteries to us. Isn't that good? Mark 4, 11, Matthew 13, 11, Jesus says it's been given to you know, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. And so we are, we are getting revelation of the kingdom. And I know that, that may not merit a lot of amens uh, in here uh, because you don't know what you're getting. I can guarantee you your cousin at their church is not getting this. <laughs> well, who do you think you are? I'm just telling you, 95% of the church world does not get this. I'm just telling you. So don't don't despise what you're getting. Don't think little of it and just, well, they're just, Pastor, just sharing a few words of encouragement with us. <laughs> Baby, this ain't that. This is kingdom mystery that's being revealed to us that if we would get it, if we would let it enter into our hearts, if we would let it become, if we would let it transform our lives, we will never, ever be the same again. I'm sure of it. Amen? Amen. Everybody say kingdom mysteries. Kingdom mysteries. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus told uh, the disciples 
specifically Peter, in the Luke chapter 5, he said, launch out into the, into the deep. Let down your nets for a draught, for a miraculous catch of fish. You know, that word deep is the same word in the Greek as mystery. It's the same word, exact same word in the Greek. In other words, he says, launch out into the mysteries. Let down your nets for a draught. So when you and I are launching out into the mysteries, let down your nets. You're going to catch something big. Come on, guys. And I don't know if y'all realize, but when, when Peter and those guys let down their nets, they brought up so much they had to call in help to get it all in. And it was so much of a catch that they were able to take three and a half years off and walk away from their families and not worry about their families. If you can get into the mysteries of God, he will change your financial life, change your family life, change everything about your life. Amen? So I want you to really grab a hold of what we're saying here tonight, what you're getting. Amen? All right. Now, we've been talking about uh, these mysteries. Put up Colossians 1, 26 and 27, because we talked about this mystery a little bit. Colossians 1, 26, 27 says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. Y'all see that? But now has been revealed to his saints. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, what the patriarchs, what the prophets did not get, you and I are getting tonight. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, all those prophets, all those men of God, all those ones that walk before us that we are in so, so much awe about, they're sitting there saying, man, I wish I could have been there during your time. Because they didn't get what we're getting. You got it? And he says, here's the mystery, verse 27, to them God will to make known what are what? The riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, here's the mystery, Christ in you. Come on. Everybody say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's a mystery. That's a mystery that the world will never understand. And the people who are the ones who went before us, they didn't understand. They didn't understand this. They didn't understand this. But you and I have the privilege of understanding this of him revealing these mysteries unto us. Amen. That ought to straighten your tie out tonight. Hallelujah. Man, God is letting me in on secrets. Mysteries are secrets. A mystery is a hidden truth. That's what a mystery is. It's a hidden truth. It's a secret. God is letting you in on secrets. <laughs> Glory to God. So he's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we've been looking at Galatians 4.19 as well, right? So Paul said, I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you, right? My little children. How many little children do I have in here tonight? All right. Hallelujah. So I'm laboring over these last few weeks and the weeks to come until Christ is formed in you. Now he's in you, the hope of glory, but we need him to be formed in you. To wait to where your life takes the form of Jesus Christ. Now remember I gave you that word, morpho, which means until a mind and life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall have been formed in you. This is the only place in the whole Bible that word is seen. And it means until a mind and life in complete harmony. Remember we talked about the next two singers on Sunday? In complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall have been formed in you. So he says, I got to labor. So that means it's not an easy thing. 
is not just natural. You don't just join the church and all of a sudden Christ is formed in you. You don't just attend church and Christ is formed in you. There's some work involved. There's some labor involved. There's some intense labor involved. Glory to God. But we're going to keep doing it, right? Is it all right if we keep going? Is it all right if we keep laboring until we get Christ forming us, until our lives are in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ? Glory to God. I mean, that's a tall order, but we can do it. I, I, I just believe that we're not going to come out of this thing as regular, normal Christians. Come on now, y'all going to go with me on this here? We're not going to come out of this thing as regular, normal, average, mundane, everyday Christians. You know, the Bible says all creation is groaning, travailing, Romans chapter 8, waiting for the manifestation of not the church members, but the sons of God. So the sons of God are those who look like Christ. Hallelujah. We're in harmony with the mind and life of Christ. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You know, in John chapter 1 and uh, verse 12, it says that Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. What happened? To those who received him, y'all know this scripture? Nobody know that scripture? He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to those who received him, to them he gave power to become children of God. King James says gave the power to become the sons of God. I, I like it that way, King James. He gave the power to become the sons of God. Everybody say sons of God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus became the son of man so the sons of men could become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So that's, that's the plan for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I was going to go somewhere else, but let me just keep going here. Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. Hallelujah. I'll pick it up when y'all pick me up. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 29. So he made us to become the sons of God, the children of God, right? Romans 8, 29 says that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, come on, of his son, that he might be what? Among many brothers. Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren, and you and I are supposed to be conformed to his image. Everybody say conformed to his image. Now that word conform comes from the, the Greek word uh, sumorphos. Sumorphos, which means having the same form as another. Having the same form as another, similar or conformed to. Y'all got it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm a, I better say this because it's going to bother me if I don't bring it out. When I talked about Jesus Christ becoming the son of man so we could become the sons of God, you know when Jesus was going to Calvary and Pilate was going to release one prisoner? What was his choice? Barabbas or Jesus. Do you know Barabbas' uh, first name? Actually, in some translation, you'll see it is Jesus. You read some translation of that same verse, Jesus, it'll say Jesus Barabbas. He was a Jesus. 
but he wasn't this Jesus. And do you not know that his name, Barabbas, Bar, B-A-R, means son or son of? Abbas means daddy or father, or we could say God, Abba God, Father God. Now, y'all will catch this by next Friday. So their choice was to elect to release Jesus, son of God, this natural man, or Jesus, the actual son of God, from heaven. Now, do you know what happened? That when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the actual Son of God, died, he, he was the substitute for Jesus or Jesus Barabbas. Right. Yes. Oh. Oh. You're not catching it. Because Jesus Barabbas was supposed to die. He was actually guilty and condemned to die. But Jesus Christ, the Messiah, stood in as his substitute so that this man who was actually guilty could be free. Y'all got this? So let's not sit here and act like what he did isn't something big. What he did, Jesus Barabbas was, was our, he, he was our representative. But heaven's representative came and died for our representative. And now what he was, we become. You got this here? Did I say that too fast for some of y'all? Did you get it? So Jesus Christ has become the firstborn among many brethren. And he, God predestined us to be conformed to his image, to become just like him, to have the same form as another. Similar, conformed to. Do y'all catch this? So God is conforming us to his image. I'm, 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 look, I'm looking for the Christians who really want it. I'm looking for it. Because you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't just live like uh, you deserve this, like, you know, this was just supposed to happen. No, this was a sacrifice that was, was made for us that... We can now have something. And God didn't let Jesus Christ go through all that just for us to put our name on a church roll. He did all that so that we could become just like Jesus. Are y'all seeing this here? All right. So we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now let's go to another place. Second Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. How many of y'all in here are born again? Y'all sure you're born again? All right, if any man being Christ is a new creature, right? Okay, so we're born again. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16, and eight, 16 through 18. Look at this. It says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Everybody say the veil. Now, this is not the veil of the temple. This veil was the veil that Moses used to cover his face because Moses had spent so much time with God that he became, he became a, a reflection of the glory of God. And that glory was so strong, the people could not stand it. 
So he put a veil over his face. The Bible also implies here in the earlier verses that there's a veil that was on the people's hearts. Because they were looking into that law, and that law, which the Bible called a law of death, but it, was a, it, was a, it had a glory to it. And the, the veil was on them so, so that they could not see the glory that was even in the law. But there was something else coming that was going to be a greater glory than the glory that was of the law. If you ever have time, read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you're going to see this here. So it says here, when you turn to the Lord, when you get born again, that the veil, go, go back, y'all move a couple verses to me. Oh, thank you. Okay, y'all, y'all, you, you went back from Thank you. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So what, what veil? First of all, now that veil that was over the law now is out of the way. Now you can see the glory that's in the law. But there's a greater glory that comes because you are not under the law. You're now under grace. You got it? And so the veil, now that, that would not let people see a glory, that veil is now gone. So now you and I can actually look into glory. Now watch this. Keep going. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Y'all have heard this before, right? People sing it. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Not And people say that because they come to church and say, well, praise God, the Lord is here. Where his spirit is, there's liberty. And we say, we're free to dance. No, 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 no. Where the spirit of the Lord is. Y'all didn't get it. Point at yourself. Point at yourself. Where the spirit of the Lord is. He's not just in a church. Not just in an atmosphere. He's in you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So you cannot be bound by this natural frame. Y'all, boy. Oh, boy, I'm not, I'm not sure if y'all. Are y'all tracking me? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You cannot be bound by this natural frame. You are not limited by your gender, by your nationality, by your height, by your education, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In fact, we read, I, I quoted Romans chapter 8 a few moments ago, and the Bible says that all creation has been, subject, has been subjected to futility, that it's all waiting to be delivered to the glorious liberty of the children of God. So there's a glorious liberty. Thank you, Lord. Galatians says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty whereby Christ has made you free. There's a liberty, not just from the law. There's a liberty that you have as a child of God that if you would actually conform to the image of Christ, nothing can stop you ever again. Jesus was talking one time. Y'all got time? Jesus was talking one time. And he was sitting in the house, and the, the Pharisees came. People came from the temple, and they got a hold of Peter and said, Hey, Peter, do, do, does your uh, master, does he, does your, your master, he pay taxes? He pay taxes. And uh, he said, Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. He came in, he went head into the, into the house where Jesus was, and the Bible says Jesus prevented him. In other words, Jesus stopped him and said, Don't say nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's going on. <laughs> How did Jesus know what's going on? He was out there. Y'all missed what I, y'all just missed it. He was out. No, he was in there. Yeah, but he was out there. 
You'll get this by next Friday. He was, he's out there. He's, he's, see, there's a liberty. I talked to y'all Sunday about you can be anywhere. God can take you, God can take you anywhere. Do y'all, do y'all remember that from Sunday? Y'all, did y'all believe that? What am I talking about right now? Taxes, right? Peter, don't let me forget that. You remember Jesus? You remember, uh, remember Elisha had a servant named Gehazi? And Gehazi, when Naaman, 2 Kings 5, that's where it is. When 2 Kings 5, when Naaman came to get healed of his leprosy, and he got healed of the leprosy, and he went away, headed back to Syria, and he was going to offer, he offered the man of God some money, some everything, and the man of God said, no, I don't, I don't need your stuff. I'm good. I'm, I'm loaded. I don't need your stuff. And, 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 the, and the Bible says that he went off, uh, Naaman left, and then Gehazi says, shoot. Man of God may not want to, but I'm going to get that stuff. And he chased after Naaman and caught up with him and told a lie and got some stuff from him. And he came back to the house, and, uh, and, and Elijah said, hey, where, where, you, where you been? Where you been? And he said, oh, I ain't been nowhere. I've been right here. And he said, did not my heart go with you? Come here, y'all. He said, did not my heart go with you? Elisha never left the house, but his spirit went. His spirit had a tracking device on, on, it, on Gehazi. Now, what am I talking about? Taxes, right? Okay, so Jesus is saying, okay. <laughs> so he's, he's, he said, all right, do we pay taxes? And he comes in and says, he, he, he says, um, um, when, when, the, when a king has sons, he says, uh, who, do, who, do they, who do they take tribute from? The sons, his children, or, or the, the servants? Anybody? They said, well, not the sons. They said, said the servants take, take taxes from all other people. He said, then the sons are free. Thank you, media. Matthew 17, 26. He said, they take it from strangers. Jesus said, then the sons are free. I need you to catch the revelation, ladies and gentlemen. Then the sons are free. He's talking about in a kingdom, the sons are free. If you're in the kingdom, then you are free. You have liberty. You cannot be contained. You are like John 3, 8. You're like the wind. Okay, I better get on track here. I might have confused half of y'all. I don't hope you're not. Y'all not confused, are you? Okay, now go back to 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. We went a long ways around, but hopefully y'all got this whole thing. About Nevertheless, when the Lord, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror, what? The glory of the Lord, come on, are being transformed into what? From glory to glory, just as by. So the Spirit of the Lord is doing a work on us. He's transforming us into the same image, the image of Christ that we were predestined to be conformed to. Do y'all see this? So he's working on you. Tell your neighbor he's working on you. And tell him back he's working on me. 
He's working on me. Every time I look into this book, every time I spend time with God, he's working on me. And he's transforming me. He's, you may not see it yet because it's on the inside first. Now, there'll be some outside evidence right away, but a lot of it is gradual. Because I'm learning, I'm developing, I'm growing into the person that he's called me to be. And I'm not talking about things like not wearing parts in your hair. That's how we grew up born. If you, you, we didn't wear parts in our hair when we were little boys. My brother has a story. <laughs> One time, this was back, you know, late 70s, early in the late 70s, when uh, guys used to wear the, 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 the platform shoes. And he, he and my older brother, they were going to decide they're going to wear some platform shoes. My daddy said, you're not wearing no platforms. They're going to wear some platform shoes. They came home one day, and the platform shoes all had been cut. They went from platforms to platforms, and just a, just a. I'm not talking about women not wearing pants. I'm not talking about you not smoking and drinking and cussing no more. Those are all things that come as a result of us spending time with a holy God. And the more time you spend with a holy God, you realize the ugliness of sin. Y'all didn't say anything on that one. The more time you spend around God's holiness, the more ugly sin becomes to you. And you don't want to do it anymore. But there's more to it than that. What, what's more is that God is conforming us into the image of his son such that we begin to, to, to exude the actual character and the very nature and the very authority and the very dominion of Christ. Media, find for me. I didn't send this to you tonight. That, I gave you all that word kingdom, uh, basileia. Find that if you can. You should still have that in your notes, hopefully, that word kingdom, basileia, because this is what God's going to show uh, in us and through us. That Basilea, hopefully they, 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 didn't, they didn't delete that. Oh, man. Glory to God. But we know it talks about that word, there it is, that word kingdom. When it's talking about the kingdom of God, it's, it's his royal power, kingship, dominion, and rule. Not to be confused with an actual kingdom, a place, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. You can stop smoking, drinking, and cussing and still never walk in this right here. You can stop fornicating and cheating, but you, you just, you're still not walking in this right here. See, by the time God gets us to where he wants us, it's way beyond what we're not doing. Now it's about what we are doing. It's way beyond what we stopped. It's what we've begun. And we've begun to walk in power and dominion and authority that comes through Jesus Christ. Y'all got it? Okay, all right. So everybody say transformed. So we're being transformed into the same image. That word transformed is the, the, from the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho. Remember we saw the word metamorpho, but now this is metamorpho, which is to change into another form, to transform or to transfigure. We see this word in three other places in the, in the Bible. 
Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we also see it in Matthew 17, 2 and Mark 9, 2, where the Bible says Jesus was transfigured before them. Y'all remember that? Do y'all remember that? Matthew 17, Mark 9, Jesus Christ took Peter, James, and John up on the mount. We call it the Mount of Transfiguration. And he was transfigured. When he was transfigured, what happened? What was inside of him was revealed on the outside. It wasn't a glory that shone on him. It was a glory that shone from him. So this same transfiguration, the Bible says you and I are being transfigured into the same image from glory to glory. Which means that when you and I get born again, there is a glory that is now on the inside of us that as we develop in the image of God, the more we develop, the more we become, the more we transfigure, the more what's inside begins to shine on the outside of us. This is way past this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That was cute when you were in preschool. That was cute when you were in children's church. But when you start growing up in the things of God, there's a glory on the inside of you. There's a light on the inside of you that's brighter than the noonday sun. That if we will let what's on the inside show up on the outside, people will stand in awe and say, whoa, I didn't know you were all that. Yes, it's the glory of God on the inside of me. And I've gotten all the junk and all the muck and all the filth of my life. And I've let this glory that's on the inside shine and radiant on the outside. It's no more some little light. Tell your neighbor, you don't have a little light. It's a light brighter than the noonday sun. It's a glory. He said we're being transfigured into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, we're, we're developing another level of glory to another level of glory. It's another level of glory. Well, the glory is there. How, does it, how do we go from glory to glory? It's where, where you're yielding to that glory. We're not suppressing that glory. We're learning who we are. That's what, what's been going on the last few weeks. You're learning who you are. So hopefully you've not just been hearing this message as like going home and then watch TV. No, you're actually grabbing a hold of what God's saying to you because if you grab a hold of it, you're getting a revelation. And that revelation is going to not only give you a revelation of who God is, it's going to give you a revelation of who you are. Y'all got it? If you got it, say I got it. Okay, now let's look at John 3. Let's look at John 3 here. Hallelujah. We're laboring. Labor is painful. Hallelujah. But Christ is being formed in us. Hallelujah. All right, John 3, we've been going through this here for the last few weeks, so you know the story, right? Nicodemus shows up, and he's talking to Jesus Christ about, you know, his, him being from heaven and so forth. Jesus talks, about, talks to him about being born again or born from above, or we're reading born of the Spirit. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going, to, I'm going to go right to verse 5 again. Verse 5 says, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, because, again, Nicodemus' question was, how can someone, someone be born a second time in his mother's womb, so forth. 
Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. All right, now, remember I talked about being born of water. We know this one is a picture of baptism. Born of the spirit is a, also a picture of fire baptism. But also, I showed you that being born of water is also a picture of natural birth, right? When a, when a woman uh, has a child, well, she knows it's time for that child to, to come forth, and we've got to call the hospital, grab the bag, whatever, it's because her water has broken. So naturally, we are born of water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember Jesus Christ on the cross, and they pierced him in his side. What came out? Water. That's him birthing the church from his side. The same way when God made Eve, he took Eve out of Adam's side. And you and I are the bride of Christ, just like Eve. So we're, that's, that's, a, that's a new birth here. Okay, but there's a natural birth. So we're born of water naturally. Okay? Now it says, uh, surely I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter. Remember back in verse 3 he said, see. Now in verse 5 he says, enter the kingdom of God. Now listen to me very carefully. When you're born of the water, that's a natural birth, that gives you the right to be on this planet. How many of you understand that? That's why Jesus Christ had to come in the flesh. Prepare me a body and I'll come down. Right? He would have had no authority to operate in this planet if he didn't come through the flesh and be born of the water. Got it? Okay, so him being born of water gave him authority in the earth. Gave him the ability to operate in this earth. Okay, let me see if I can help you understand because y'all looking confused. Um, anything that has not come through the birth canal been born of water does not have authority to operate in the earth. That's why demons can't just operate. They have to work through a person who's been born in the earth. Because man has dominion here. This body is your earth suit. And demons don't have an earth suit. They got to find an earth suit. That's why, remember Jesus told, told a story. He said the man who has demons cast out of him, those demons, they'll go all around everywhere trying to find another place to land. And because they have no resting place, they can't wrestle, they find another body to operate in because they don't have authority to operate in the earth if they don't have a body. So then they find that body empty, swept out, they come back and bring back seven more worse than them. Remember that. Okay, so I'm trying to get you to understand the point that when you're born in the earth, Born of water, you now have access and authority in the earth. 
a right to be in the earth. But it says, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you and I have not only been born of water, we have also been born of the spirit. Which means I not only have authority, I'm going to come over here. I know, because y'all got it. I'm trying to see if y'all got it. I not only have authority to operate in the earth, but because I'm born of the Spirit, I also now have authority to operate in the Spirit. Because I can't access the spiritual realm without having the license to operate in the spiritual realm. Okay, this, this will make more sense to you as we go. Okay, all right. So, so listen to this. So spiritual birth gives me access to God's kingdom. Remember he said I can't enter God's kingdom without being born of the spirit. All right? So natural men, everybody say natural men, can only operate in one realm. Natural men... That means the one who's not born again, the unregenerate person, can only operate in one realm. That's the earth realm. But if you're born of the spirit and the water. See, you don't have a choice about being born of the water. But being born of the spirit was your choice. Now, in truth, God chose you, but you received his, cho his choosing. You answered his call. Hallelujah. Well, that answer now gives you a license to operate in another realm. So you now have license to operate in two dimensions. Lord, help him get it. Lord, help him get it tonight. Help him, oh, help him see it. You now have license to operate to, in two different dimensions, two different realms. So you're not just bound in this earth. You have access. It says now you can enter the kingdom of God. Entry means you have access to the kingdom of God. Access to a rulership and an dominion and an authority that natural men don't have because they've not been born of the spirit. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get it. We're gonna, I'm going to keep working with you. I'm going to keep working with you. All right, how, how does this happen? Look again at verse 6, John 3, verse 6. John 3, verse 6. It says, that which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Y'all remember I talked, went over that on Sunday, right? You're born of the flesh, you're flesh. Born of the spirit, you're spirit. So now, if you're born of the flesh... You are not spirit. Remember that from Sunday? And if you're born of the spirit, you are not flesh. Some of y'all still struggling. You should, have, you should have watched this two or three times. If you're born of the spirit, you're not flesh. Pastor, yes, I am. I'm flesh. No, 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 no. You are in flesh. The Bible says Jesus Christ was manifested in the flesh. 
He was manifested in the flesh. So you have flesh still, which gives you right to operate on this planet. The Bible says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Right? As the body without the spirit is dead, so your, your body would not function without the spirit. But your body is not your spirit. And your spirit is not your body. Are y'all with me? If this is too deep, just tell me, Pastor, it's too deep. Okay, so your body is not your spirit. Your spirit is not your body. But because you are now a spirit, you can now operate in the spirit realm. And because your spirit is in a body, you can still operate in the natural realm. I don't know if you get this. That's, ordinary people don't, don't have that right. Your neighbors around you, your classmates, your coworkers, they, don't, they, don't, they can't do this. That's why they don't get what you get. They don't see what you see. They don't understand what you, what you understand. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 2, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, right? Okay, now, let's see. Let's see if I can help you. So flesh, verse 6, flesh produces flesh, spirit produces spirit, right? Once I'm born again, I am spirit. Everybody say, I am spirit. I, am spirit. I should have said all the born again people in the house, say, I am spirit. I am spirit. Okay, now, I am spirit. I am spirit. Uh, now that's important to know when a sickness hits your body. Because what we're, what we're used to doing is when a sickness hits our body, we say, I am sick. Y'all, y'all, see, some, I don't, this, this rough, this rough, this rough. You're used to saying, I am sick. But I am not my body. I am not my body. My body doesn't feel well, but I am well. That's why the Bible says over in Joel 3.10, let the weak say I am strong. Because you're, you're, not, you're not letting your body tell you what's going on. You're letting your spirit dictate to you what's going on. We don't live from the outside in. We live, come on, from the inside out. And your inside spirit is always healed, always healthy, always whole, always righteous, always blessed, always joyful, always in peace. Now see, I t in John 3.31, remember in John 3.31, he says the one that's earthly speaks earthly. The one that's earthly speaks earthly. So you and I got to be careful about how we speak. Because that's the way we, our cousins and our family and our coworkers, you don't speak how they speak. But what am I supposed to say? 
Don't say that. And if you don't know what to say, don't say nothing until you let the Lord tell you what to say. Hush your mouth. Tell your neighbor, hush your mouth. Stop talking so much. Stop speaking so quickly. Now, y'all got this? Now, I'm not picking on you because we all have to learn, we all have to learn this. We're, remember, we're being conformed. We're growing into this. We didn't know that we, that we weren't supposed to talk like that. We just thought that's how people talk. Yes, that's how people talk when they're born of the, of the flesh. Hallelujah. Remember, thank you, Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus Christ in the Garden of, Geth- of Gethsemane? And all his anguish is on him. He's sitting there. He's facing the death of the cross. And he's, I mean, he's feeling this. He's sweating like drops of blood. And he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He didn't say, I am exceedingly sorrowful. Man, I love the Holy Ghost. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He separated his soul from who he was. You're not your soul. You're not your body. You are the spirit. Y'all got this here? Well, this is this labor. This labor. This labor. This, that, that's a contraction. Here, here come. Here come a contraction. Here come a contraction. Here come. Uh! This hurts, Pastor. This hurts. I know it hurts. But Christ is being formed in us. We're going to learn to speak heavenly. Glory to God. All right, now, I am spirit. Everybody say, I'm spirit. Now, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Paul says this. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when you get born again, you are now one spirit with him. You and, you and the spirit, or you and Christ, are now the same spirit. We're one, a unified spirit with him, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell by your, by your quietness you're like trying to resolve that in your mind. I'm sure y'all have seen this scripture before. But right now, the Holy Ghost is breathing on this for you. You're joined to him. You are one spirit with him. You're floating around this life with one. You're one spirit. You and, you and the Lord are tied. You're, you're, you're tied at the hip. You're hooked. You remember, you remember Deke, in Genesis 2, right around verse 23, 24, 25, somewhere around there, when Adam... God puts Adam to sleep, and he brings this beautiful specimen named Eve to him. And he says, whoa, man. And he says, this is my wife. 
And he says, listen to what he says. Because he knows she came out of the womb of man. She came out of the womb of man. That's where the name woe man comes from. From the womb of man. She came from him. He knows this. And he says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. My wife is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He says, we're one. We're one. We're one. We're inseparable. You can't pluck us apart. You can't, you can't take us apart. Genesis 2.23, they got on the screen. In fact, verse 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and, the, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one. One. The two become one. The two become one. And it's supposed to be that when the two become one, they're inseparable. And if you see one, you see the other. Not necessarily physically. You understand that? In other words, my wife and I could be in different cities tonight, but we're still one. And you don't get something different with her than you get from me. Because we're one. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. So if you're joined to the Lord, joined, cleaved to the Lord, you are now one flesh. Or I'm sorry, one spirit, one spirit. With man, it was bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. With the Lord, it's one spirit. Glory to God. Do you know that when God, when God put Eve on this earth, he did not make Eve subservient to Adam? He did not make Eve lesser than Adam, inferior to Adam. They were created to operate just like that. And the only reason that she ended up being, having this desire towards her husband was because of the sin that came in. Well, what does that have to do with me, Pastor? When you have become one with Christ, one spirit with him, you are not a lesser spirit than he is. I don't know if y'all got this. <laughs> you know the Bible, people get so caught up in working for God, yet the Bible tells us we're working together with God. Is that what your Bible says? We're working together with God? The thing is over in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about that. We're working together with God. Not workers for God, we're working together with God. We're God's co-workers. Now, we understand there's a senior, but God is not trying to have us way down here. 
and he's way up here. Okay. Boy, this, that's a contraction hit right there. They're, get, they're getting closer. They're getting closer. All right, now, so we're one spirit with him. Everybody, everybody say one spirit with him. So what this means is in the spirit, we are now joint heirs, right, with dual citizenship, right? Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Put on the screen. Y'all don't turn there. Put on the screen for me. I want to move through this quickly. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. For our citizenship is where? In St. In Pete? In heaven. In Florida? Heaven. Well, are we citizens of Florida? Yes. yes. So th this flesh is... But spiritually, which means we have dual citizenship, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. Who will, who will, who will transform our lowly body? See, so inside we're already being transformed. But eventually, he's going to transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Y'all see that? So it's an inside job first. Eventually, this mortal is going to put on immortal. It's happening now as we speak. This corruptible is putting on incorruption. See, God is transforming even these lowly bodies. Glory to God. I'm looking at y'all eyes trying to see if y'all still with me. I don't want to lose you. Because you know your body can, can, can be transformed right now as we speak. The Bible says strong meat belongs to those who are skilled, who have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Oh, y'all missed it. The Bible says that our senses sight Hearing, smell, taste, touch can be exercised to discern good and evil. That means God can transform your physical body to become sensitive to the kingdom of God. How do I know? You, you, hopefully it's happened to you at some point in your life. I pray if it hasn't happened, it happens to you over the next two weeks. That, that you, you can sense an anointing in a room. Yes. That even your body, you can sense a, a, an anointing in a room. If you've never sensed it, it's because you've not gotten your body in check yet. But God wants to even develop our bodies to be able to sense and discern an anointing in a room. All right, let me move on, let me move on, let me move on. All right, All right so, so again, I have dual citizenship. Everybody say, I have dual citizenship. Now watch this. I'm also licensed to operate in two jurisdictions. I'm also licensed to operate in two jurisdictions. Some, we have some realtors in here. If you get licensed by the state of Florida to be a realtor, that doesn't mean you can go to Georgia and sell real estate. It's not a nationwide license. You got to be licensed in the jurisdiction that you're in. So when you and I become one spirit with God, we now receive a license because you're born of the flesh 
and we're also one of the spirit, we're now licensed to operate in two different realms. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I better unhook here for a minute. I feel like I'm starting to lose a couple of people, and I don't want to lose you. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, not everybody, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. This is you, this is yours. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. And because you have a revelation, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So not only do you know who I am, but because you know who I am, I'm going to let you know who you are, Peter. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Verse 19, and. Somebody shout and. And I will give you, the one who has a revelation, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys represents access, represents licensing. So not only can you operate in this natural realm, Peter, but you can operate in a different realm. And whatever you bind on earth, come on, will be bound in heaven, come on, and whatever you loose, on earth will be loose in heaven. Why? Because you have license to operate in two different dimensions. Natural people can't do that. Only those who are born of the water and of the spirit have a license to operate in two different jurisdictions. Such that when you release a word on this earth, heaven backs you up. When you force something to quit on this earth, heaven will back you up. When you bring something in, when you speak something into place in this earth, heaven will back you up. Because you have been authorized to operate in two different jurisdictions. Now watch, watch what he said. He said that he commanded his disciples that they don't tell anybody he was the Christ. Why? Because it's got to come by the Spirit. Because revelation cannot be taught. Revelation must be caught. Y'all didn't catch it. Revelation cannot be taught. It must be caught. Anything I share with you, it's my revelation. To you, it's information. Until you open your spirit and let God, ask God to open your heart, open your eyes that you may see it, then it can become your revelation. When you spend time, when you labor in the word, See, I've labored in it. Now you got to go home and labor in it for yourself. If not, it's just information in your mind, and it'll change nothing in your life. Do you understand that? That's why you got to go home and meditate the word day and night. Meditate the word day and night. Meditate the word day and night. Y'all got this here. Okay, let's round this to a close here. Let's round this to a close. All right. So can you see then from John 3 that you and I operate in two dimensions? Do you see it? Okay. 
Some of y'all might just have to say yes by faith. <laughs> but that's all right. Say it by faith if you have to. That's fine. Now, let's go back to John 3. And verse 9. Remember Jesus talked about being born of the Spirit, you like the wind, so on forth, so on and so forth. Verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? I mean, you the one teaching these folk and you don't know what I'm talking about? That means it's possible, Brother Jeff, to teach without revelation. And I contend that most of the church... Much of the church, if not most of the church, is teaching information that doesn't have any God breathing on it. And people go home with knowledge, but knowledge puffs up. Knowledge doesn't change your life. So he says, are you a teacher? No, no. Are you the teacher? of Israel, and do not know these things? You don't understand what I'm talking about here? Boy. Verse 11. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. Nicodemus, you've been watching us, you've been listening, and you still don't receive it. Now, at the very least, Nicodemus is here inquiring. So you got to give Nicodemus the credit. At least he's here inquiring. He's asking. And you know if he's asking, eventually his eyes pop open. I mean, we don't get the rest of the story, but eventually we know. In fact, we, we do know when Jesus Christ dies on the cross and he's, he's going to be buried, that Nicodemus comes with, with Joseph. Right? Some of y'all don't know. Okay, when Jesus is going to be buried, he, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't buy a tomb. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't pre, pre-plan a, a funeral. He doesn't pay for funeral services, Anissa. Because anything he's in, he's just renting. He's just borrowing for a couple of days. So Joseph of Arimathea comes to get his body and to bury him in his tomb. He was buried with the rich, the Bible says. That's what Psalms, the psalmist prophesied. But when Joseph came, he didn't come by himself. He came with Nicodemus. So Nicodemus obviously began to follow Jesus Christ's ministry. So his eyes popped open. If you want to know, God will open your eyes. If you hunger and thirst after the righteousness, they, you shall be filled. All right, now watch. Verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Okay? All right, now verse 13 is my focus right here as I close this out tonight. He says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. Right? No one has, what does ascend mean? Go up. No one has gone up to heaven. But he who has come down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Okay? 
Now, some of y'all are, you, you, because you're hungry, you're, you're something's standing out to you. He says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to catch up with me. He said, nobody's been up there and come down except the Son of Man who is in heaven. See, this is this. In heaven? Now he's currently talking to Nicodemus in the house. So how in the world is he saying the Son of Man who is in heaven? He didn't say Son of Man who's going to heaven. He didn't say the Son of Man who's from heaven. He said the Son of Man who is in, in his present tense. He's in heaven right now. How is it that he's sitting in the house, yet at the same time he says, I'm in heaven. This is what I've been trying to explain to you for the last three Sundays, that when you are born of spirit, you operate in two different dimensions. You are free. You have liberty. You are not bound to this natural body, and you can be in two places at the same time because your spirit is not locked in that container called your body. This, 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 the son of man who is in heaven I'm seated here at the same time I'm in heaven now wait a minute now you can say well that was Jesus because he, he was special but notice what he called himself Listen, this, this, all y'all who've been through uh, Bible class, New Testament survey, you know this. That in the book of John, the book of John was meant to prove Jesus Christ was the son of God. I got like one right from somebody not even in the class. It was meant to prove he was a son of God. The book of Luke was written proving he was a son of man. So the Son of Man term was rarely, if ever, used in the book of John. Son of Man was to show his humanity. Son of God was to show his divinity. So he said, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. The reason why he said specifically, Son of Man who is in heaven was to show us that even as he is, so are we in this world. And as he is the son of man who is in heaven, we are also seated in him in heavenly places. So even though you are looking at me sitting right here, standing right here in this church, at the same time, I am seated in heaven. Not futuristic. Not one day in the sweet by and by. 
not one day when we get over yonder, but right now I am seated in heaven. Some of y'all ain't moved like you move like I ain't said nothing. Oh, I already know this. Well, you ain't living like you know this, so stop sitting there looking at me like you already know this. You don't know this. See, you, you got a head knowledge of this, but it's not a reality. Because if you understand that you're actually seated in heaven, you have a different outlook, a different perspective, a different way of thinking. You're harmonized with Christ. Seated? Now, now let, let me help you. 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 Because I had, to look, I had to look this up now. I had to look this up. Because, you know, you look at different translations, see what different translations say, because I want to make sure this is not reading right. And most of the modern translations take this part out. They stop the verse at son of man. The reason why is because the devil doesn't want you to know this. He doesn't want you knowing that you are seated above him. The Bible says Jesus Christ, when he was raised up again, he was given a seat Far above all principalities and powers. He's given a seat far above all principalities and powers. So Jesus Christ's seat is, is over all principalities, over all powers. Now, if I'm seated in him, if I'm seated like he is, then I'm also seated above all principality and power. So what happens to principalities and powers, meaning Satan's forces, don't want me to know that. Because the moment I find out I'm, I have more rank than you, the moment I find out I'm superior than you, the moment I find out I'm your boss, I boss you around and you can't boss me around no more. So the devil has worked to get this part out of the Bible. So I had to look. Give me the Amplified. Give me Amplified Classic on this. Give me Amplified Classic. Give me an Amplified Classic, John 3.13. I want to see what Amplified, how, how, it, how it writes this out here, how it handles it, because Amplified is going to take it from the Greek. And yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who is, do y'all see it? Who is, dwells, has his home. Dwells, lives, I thought Jesus lived, he lived in, in, in Capernaum. Well, yeah, naturally. <laughs> you beat me to it. Some people have a winter home, summer homes. Jesus said, I, I got a home in heaven and I, I live there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Right, okay, let me, let me help. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go back. Let me give you. I don't want to forget what I'm going to say. Now, let me, so let me say it. So I, I don't want to forget it. 
Do you remember when Jacob had a vision of a ladder? We are climbing Jacob's ladder. We are climbing. Remember we used to say that? Jacob. What Jacob saw were angels ascending and de not descending and ascending. He saw them ascending and descending. What he saw was a portal. Now, the heavens are open over us. We have that same portal. And not only do angels ascend and descend. Y'all, y'all not ready, y'all. Y'all not ready, y'all ready. Y'all don't, you're not ready. You're not ready. But if angel, okay, in the book of Job, chapter 1, there came a day when the sons of God appeared before God. Which meant they were on the earth. Y'all not getting this here. But they appeared before God. And Satan showed up with them too. Does it sound familiar to you now? But they had to all report to God. They were on the earth, but they appeared before God. Which means that in God's original plan, he, God does not have a barrier between heaven and earth. You and I have a glorious liberty to move freely. Oh, just, just, just contract you. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Just, just. He said, the son of man who is in heaven. So being a son of man in heaven, he came to show us what sons of men can now do. That you and I have the ability to go between heaven and earth. Can I show you something? What, give me, let, let's, let's check some older translations. Okay? Give me the Dewey Reigns, 1899. This modern stuff will mess you up. 1899, look what it says. And no man hath ascended into heaven, but he that descended from heaven, the son of man who is in heaven. Okay, give me now the 1599 Geneva Bible. This is older than the King James. For no man ascended to heaven, up to heaven, but he that had descended from heaven, that son of man which is in heaven. So I'm talking about the original translations all include that he's in heaven. Okay, now, let's wrap this up here. Because that was heavy by itself. Now, back in, in John 3, Verse 13, he says, go back to New King James for me. No one has ascended. All right? Now go back to verse 12 for me. Let's pick up verse 12. 
If I've told you earthly things that you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? What kind of things? Heavenly things. Now, then he says, no one has ascended to heaven. Now, that word ascended is very special here now, Deke. Talking about heaven things and earthly things. That word ascended is the Greek word anabaino, anabaino rather, anabaino, which means, listen to this, penetrated the heavenly mysteries. I see smoke coming out of some of y'all ears. No one has penetrated the heavenly mysteries. That's the figurative. Literally, traveling to a higher place. <laughs> now, he's showing us what you and I are going to do. Now, I believe tonight we're penetrating heavenly mysteries. And I believe if you get this, you will start traveling to a higher place. Pastor, how do we travel to a higher place? Can I show you? Can I show you? Give me Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. It's a scripture you know so well, but I want you to act like you don't know it. I want you to, to, to hear it through what you just received. Can we do that? Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a, a great high priest who has anabano, penetrated the heavens. Come on. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted yet as we are, as we are yet without sin. So we, he went through everything we went through without sin. So he's showing us how to do it. So now we can do what he does. Verse 16. Let us therefore oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to wait, wait on you. I'm going to wait on you to see if you get it. Let us therefore come boldly to I don't know. See, I got some of y'all intercessors. You don't even know, know what, what you got. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help and grace to help time. So what we've been doing in our prayer is, oh, God, we coming to you tonight. We coming to you tonight. And we just... Thank you. We just believe you, God. We come and believe you that, God, you to answer prayer. And we know you hear us because we ask you according to your will. And we know if we ask according to your will, you hear us. We have things we ask you. And that ain't what he said. He said because our high priest has passed through, he says now you come to. Oh, y'all ain't getting it. Because he's already passed through, you come to. This is not our little penny any little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord my soul to keep your body up before I wake up. Pray to the Lord my soul to say. This is you entering the throne room in God's own presence, 
coming not before the throne, to the throne. Not some ethereal, I just think, well, I'm just, I'm imagining myself before coming before God. He didn't say imagine yourself. He said come. Boy, this, this is the biggest contraction you have felt all night. He said come to. Okay, I have doubters. Let me help you. Give me that same text in the Living Bible. In the Living Bible. The Living Bible helps us out. Some of y'all, your prayer life is going to shift tonight. You think you've been praying. You're going to find out you ain't been praying. You've been doing pretty good. But Jesus, the son of, of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself. Who has gone to heaven itself. Who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, and since he had the same temptations we do, though he never once gave way to, to them and sin. Verse 16. Read it together with me. Ready, read. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and to find grace. Did it say come? It said come to the very throne of God. It means come to his throne. We've been praying and using our imagination. Oh, y'all gonna make me go uh, quick. We've been using our imagination. I know I'm right. Y'all can look at me strange, but I know I'm right. You've been using, I know y'all got some prayer warriors and y'all pray house down, but you've been using your imagination. Now, what God has been doing by his grace, he's been making up for that because he knows we've been using our imagination. He knows. And he's going to work with us. He's been helping us out. But we're ready to go to another level now. He said, I want you to use more than your imagination. I'm inviting you to actually come. Now, what's the problem is, it's your, your little finite mind, you're trying to imagine, well, how, how, Pastor, how am I going to do that? If you're born of the Spirit, you're like the wind. God will pick you up by your hair like he did Ezekiel. He, he just catch one little strand. Is anybody seeing what I'm trying to show you? You're not limited to coming to an altar to pray. He said, come to the very throne of God and stay there. Stay there? Stay there? This means this is not imaginary. He's inviting us to visit him, to visit with him, to, visit, to hang out with him at his very throne. Now, what you have to do to get this, Tamara, is we got we to gotta shut our mind down. Because you can't reason your way into this. 
you got to let the Lord, Lord, just, I'm one spirit with you. I want to dwell in your presence. I want to live in your glory. I want to be with you where you are. I'm not ready to die. You don't have to die. You don't have to die. That's why when you do die as a believer, you don't even feel it. He's already taken away all the pain and the sting of death. There's no, you, you, you as a believer, you will die and not even know. You're going to die and be like, wait. Oh, praise God. I'm in, I'm in heaven. I praise the Lord. Stop watching all the movies. Stop watching the stupid movies. That's your body doing that. That's not you. You just... Last place, Ephesians 2.6. Last place, Ephesians 2.6. Ephesians 2.6. Last place. The Bible says in the Living Bible, okay, well, let's go to the New King James, and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We know that, right? We know that scripture. Let's look at it in the Living Bible, please. And lifted us up from the grave into glory along with Christ, where we sit with him. We sit with him, not will sit. We sit with him in the heavenly realms all because of what Christ Jesus did. What did he do? He passed through the heavens. He opened the portal and left it open. Thank you, Lord. You know, when Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, huh? That where I am, not that where I'm going. Y'all missed it. He said, that where I am. You may be also, and we use that as a little funeral scripture. He going to get my mansion ready. No, he's not going. He said, there are the mansions there. He's not going to get your mansion ready. He wasn't going to get your mansion ready. He said, the mansion's already there. In my father's house are many mansions. He's not going to prepare your mansion. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. The place was a seat. We've been having all this funeral, funeral theology. Let that funeral theology go. Understand kingdom mysteries, man. That there's a place for us. I got a seat with him. Hallelujah. 
I may never get a seat at the mayor's office or the governor's mansion or the White House. <laughs> I have a seat in heaven. Hallelujah. And I pray from that place. Amen. I'm over time. Why don't y'all give God a praise and I'll be to the word of God tonight. Hey, you just heard Kingdom Mistress. Why don't you give God a praise like you've received Kingdom Mistress tonight? Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. No more imaginary prayers. Can I help y'all with something? Because we got to fix our theology. Oh, we're going to come together. We're going to bombard heaven. We're going to bombard heaven. Why would you bombard somewhere where you live? Breaking in your own house? We got to bust through the heaven's gates. No, no, no. You already live there. You can, you're supposed to be there all the time. That's earthly talk. That's not knowing where you are. Now, I understand because I've got the same idea. But as you delve into the mysteries of God, tell you what, you, you pray in tongues enough, spend enough time with God, either or, and or, He's going to open the mysteries to you. You're going to see, wait a minute, we've been saying this thing wrong. I've got a place in heaven. And I'm not going to go there when I die. I'm there now. Hallelujah. Now, once you have that, once you have that, Miss Gloria, you govern from there. So next time you go to Georgia, you, you determine what's going to happen. People, pastor, pray for me. I go to doctor. Pray for me. I get a good report. What if it's a bad report? Y'all see how? What if it's a bad report? Does that change? Your reality? You might get a bad report. You might get bad news. That doesn't change your reality. No, your reality will change the report eventually. Praise God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for revelation, kingdom mysteries, secrets, and hidden truths that you've opened our eyes to see. I pray, Father, that everything that we have gained tonight, that we've learned tonight, has come and it penetrates the soul of our hearts and that it produces in us what you're saying it to produce 
and it will accomplish that which you please. I pray, Father, that as this kingdom revelation grows, as it swells up in our hearts, that it will take over our fields and that God will be so kingdom-minded, so spiritually minded that we begin to dominate over this natural realm. That we won't let our bodies, our flesh, or even our souls tell us how things are or how things will be. We will speak and declare based upon your word how things must be. Not only in our lives, but in our community, in our region, even in this whole nation. Think of that, God, we have the voices of authority. We are the ones you've placed here with authority in two dimensions. And I pray, Father, that we will begin to walk in that authority and never again let the devil scare us <laughs> out of our rights and the liberties that we have. I pray, Father, that each and every one of your people, as we meditate upon the word of God from this day forward, we will see the completion of Christ being formed in us. We believe it. We receive it. We count it done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Give God one more big hand of praise tonight. Praise God. All right, you got enough to chew on for a while. We'll come back and we'll keep going.